I feel horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. I did not play this last week when we had uh, when we had Daniel on talking about the GPVs. I <laughs> man, I had it on the board ready to go and did not use it. Sucks getting old. You're listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Doc Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, it's time again for another roundtable episode, and we're officially changing the name of the Zoom people to the Zoom Nights, at least on uh, at least on the roundtable episode. You know, if you're a regular listener to the Jeep Talk Show, you already know about our campfire side chat segment we've done for the last several years. We always enjoy interacting with our listeners, so we came up with a way to have you join in uh, for the whole show, and we call it the Roundtable. Everyone is invited to the Roundtable to join. Just connect using Zoom. You can get the link each week by subscribing to our newsletter. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and sign up right there. Now we join the meeting, which is already in progress. Please keep in mind that you are what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. I don't know how we could anyway. Uh, the opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. Good evening, Knights of the Roundtable. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I'll remind you guys that whenever you're going to talk, do do the listeners a favor and mention where who you are and and where you're located. And I and yeah, you are going to be hearing the, the same names and locations because we have uh, several repeat offenders here every week, and we really appreciate you guys showing up here every week. And uh, Larry is actually on time this week, so I just want to mention that for the record. <laughs> Hold on. I'm always on time. <laughs> Larry time. <Sure> yeah. <laughs> so we were chatting about uh, some uh, GMRS radios before we uh, press the record button. And uh, when I say we, I mean me. Uh, and uh, uh, John, you said you ordered, uh, what? Uh, pronounce it for me. Watch on, wa- wax on, wax off. Well, how, what's the name of that radio? This is John from uh, Central Texas. And I. Yeah, I can't pronounce it either. It's the W. It's the KG one thousand. Ocean. Called. I think I've even heard it called Ocean. Yeah, and, but it starts with the W. Yeah, it's W O U X U N or something like that. But it's got a lot of great reviews. And you know, Bill, who also joins the Zoom room, he got one and kind of got to see firsthand what a you know how all the that worked and it, it looked really awesome. So. Yeah, you got a buddy right there with you that uh, has one and and, and knows uh, something about it because he had one already. Uh, helping you out with it now i want to tell you i love midlands the midlands are just great radios but they don't have a removable face like the ocean radio does and it's 50 watt gmrs it's a beautiful radio uh and i, I really like it it's just uh now midland does have the uh, the the uh, yeah i can't mention the other one the uh, the 275 which has everything in the the mic so that's kind of like a headless uh, radio that you can uh, good, it's good for the Jeep but but if you like having a control head uh, and have a, a place where you can mount it easy above do you know where you're going to mount the control head and I'm assuming you're going to have that separate yeah I, I haven't figured all that out yet I got that vector e-dock bar that goes across the dash so I was thinking about uh, Bill and I were talking about possibilities of kind of using a ram mount setup up there and uh, kind of options but you know basically I just want to once I get it 
kind of pull it out and start playing with it and see kind of what makes sense and kind of where I'm going to put it. Um, so I don't I don't have anything solid. I just it, it looking at Bill's setup, I really like kind of how it was all set up and everything else, and um, just I couldn't pass up the deal. I think that's what ended up sealing it was the Midland was you know they weren't really offering any discounts and um the uh the site that i bought this through um had a veterans discount so they did the uh authentication to the govx site which is like a universal validation tool and um i was able to get a veterans discount on there which that sealed the deal so so i don't know enough about radios to pick any other way of choosing <laughs> so you got a buddy that's a veteran and you got them to get the radio for you or how'd that happen uh, no, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> but, but thought, no, I'm excited. I thought you were in the Air Force. Oh, confused. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've promised we, myself to quit giving John a hard time, and it's just not happening. <laughs> can't do it. So, what did you what did you say that you said Vector E Doc or Dot or? So, yeah, if you've ever heard of Vector Off Road, um, what it is, it's a it's a bar that mounts across your dash mm -hmm. and it still makes the cubby hole usable and it accepts like 67 design ram mounts all that kind of stuff so you can mount stuff all the way across and um it's it's really cool mounting system for it to set a bunch of stuff up so the only thing i don't like about it is as soon as you put it on there you can't see your hood anymore like when you're looking out the uh, window like, uh, that, yeah that peripheral view you lose the view of your hood yeah because yeah, the windshield's big enough as it is right i see oh, phone book right yeah it's pretty simple. I'll, I'll send some pictures in Discord so you can see what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, I just pulled I it up. Well That's the best six hundred dollars I think you could have spent. <laughs> it wasn't six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only one hundred eighty-four ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks. It, it looks substantial. It, it, is yours the one-inch uh, tube E-Doc? Yeah, it's the. They only make one size for the JKs. I don't know if they make different ones for the tails and the. The JTs, but uh, the, I like about, what they did on the JL and the JTs. Though is they made them shorter, so they don't go all the way over the A frame, so they're kind of a, a less intrusive inside mm -hmm, mm -hmm. than the JK version. Um, but you know, they're they're if for GoPro mounts, like if you're going to mount a GoPro on it, I think Larry, did you build something similar to be able to mount your GoPros on? Yeah, so I, this is Larry from St. Louis. So I, we actually built a bar that uses that bottom bolt for the grab handle. And stretched uh, a bar all the way across the dash, just low, pretty low, so I could it didn't get all in the, you know the field of view. Well, that's pretty cool because you can you can mount like a, a a tablet or something way over in the passenger area, or have something mounted uh, just almost over to your uh, left side for for the driver. So uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So what we used was the. You know, the mounts for, like, motorcycles and uh, mountain bikes. And they're fairly inexpensive. You know, those holders are, like, $13. And they're made to take abuse. And those are pretty inexpensive. You could, uh, and I'm not saying do this, but you could probably flip the windshield down and mount a, a 50 cal to that thing. And then that, that, that would stabilize it and hold it uh, tight while you're uh, shooting the people, shooting at the, the, the bad drivers in front of you. <laughs> of course, you just you have plenty of time because then you'll have that ready for New Year's Eve next year. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, let's get into uh, some uh, some actual questions that were uh, sent in. So uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, no pun intended. Cold weather camping. Do you even think about it? I, I, 
I guess when it gets hot enough here, I think about it. Uh, and do you love it? How do you prepare? Oh boy, this is Steve from Illinois. I can go into a an hour and a half discussion on cold weather camping. I've done it. I know how to do it. I've done it with the scouts. I trained them how to do it. They're going this weekend, and I'm staying at home in my bed. I'm letting another leader <laughs> handle it. Because <laughs> the one problem with cold weather camping is inevitably you get older. Nature calls at three in the morning, and you got to get out of all that nice warmth. <laughs> And nature wants to know why it just got suddenly got hot where they were camping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do do Boy Scouts still pee in the uh, the campfires? <laughs> well, we used to do that. Just to, they're, sp- they're not supposed to, but yeah. They do. Oh no, you're not supposed to. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> Run over there to somebody else's campfire and uh, urinate in it while they're not uh, not paying attention. Yeah, it's great. If you great, if you do fun. it right. You know, you can you can stay pretty warm. One of the biggest tricks I tell everyone, and I show this on Discord, is they sell that foam pink board. It's about an inch thick foam mm-hmm. house insulation. Right. Not it's a solid board. You lay that on the ground, and it's amazing how much warm, how much insulation it provides between your body and your um the ground. Biggest mistake everyone makes is they get inflatable air pads, sleeping pads, because they want to be comfortable. But it has to be insulated. If it's not insulated. It's all you're doing is you got cold air running underneath you. Okay, it's like the principle of why do bridges freeze first over the roadway? Sure, it's all the, all the cold air circulating underneath you, um, and that's one of the biggest things. And then my favorite thing we have a saying it's called cotton is rotten. Do not wear anything cotton because cotton retains water, right. sweat, and it'll freeze at night, especially in your socks. Well, I can imagine uh, how cold the temperatures do. Uh, what's the coldest you've uh, camped out in, uh, Steve? Four degrees. You say 40 or 12? Four. Four. Gee whiz. Well, at four <laughs> degrees, you need all the help you can get to go to the bathroom at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is That's Chris why I keep a bottle with you. <laughs> you still got to unzip things to get to it. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to touch it with cold hands. <laughs> yes. And I'm not a fan of mummy bags. Everybody, you know, everybody swears by the mummy bags, but I'm a person that likes to move and, and turn and sleep on my side. And I'm not a claustrophobic person, but I can not do a mummy bag. I cannot zip it around my head and tie a clothes. It just, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I can't do it. Yeah, this is Chris from Detroit. I, uh, I agree with you, Steve, on the mummy bag. It's difficult. I do have one. It does keep you warm. It's just hard to get comfortable. But I did an uh, uh, overlanding trip. Uh, a year ago this past weekend in 10 degrees weather um, again a good good foam i had a z-rest mat on the ground with a trusty sleeping bag and a good tent and it was 10 it was 10 degrees in the tent at night colder um, outside in ambient and just a good campfire and as soon as you get up in the morning fire up the jeep and get nice and warm and keep moving it was an overlanding trip um, and uh, just keep uh, keep the heater on keep the campfire going one of the best things you can do too is you take an Nalgene bottle, right? Those big thirty-two ounce bottles, put boiling hot water in it, make sure it's closed tight, and then you put it at the bottom of your bag. It'll be warm still in the morning. One of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I do not like it cold, and uh, I, uh, I, 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 as far as I can think, I don't have any problem uh, zipping that stuff up around just where my, just my face is showing. And it surprises me that you can generate so much heat that even in very cold weather. Uh, it doesn't, your face doesn't hurt or it doesn't, you can still go to sleep and it still feels okay. Yeah. I'd rather just keep a hat on like a face mask or a ski mask and not, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's just me. 
and that whole zipped up close feeling. But yeah, you're right. If you get enough body heat and you get enough insulation, the proper insulation rating in a sleeping bag, you'll be warm. All right. Well, uh, so do you, are there any other preparations that you do? I mean, uh, obviously, you like the. I think the insulation that pink insulation used for inside the house is a great idea. I never thought about that. Uh, well, how about battery powered socks or uh, anything else along those lines? One like poncho liners. Yeah, one of the things we recommend is you never use are the chemical heaters, right? Because those things consume oxygen, and if you get in a situation, especially in a mummy bag, you know, and someone. You can, there's been cases of people suffocating from that because they bury themselves inside their mummy bag. They got those chemical heaters and it sucks up the ox- oxygen. So, not recommended. We use the hand warmers to get them going. That's, and put them that's what we're talking about. Those consume oxygen. I put mine on my socks. Yeah. <laughs> well, the biggest so thing an alternative to those are rechargeable lithium ion uh, hand warmers. That you can recharge off your cigarette lighter. Those work pretty well. Hmm. Haven't tried those. They work good. And then we use uh, 12 volt throws like you would buy to put in your car. Lay it. We use uh, Komodo uh, mattresses. They got a, a really good R value, the highest of any sleeping pad. They're four inches thick, so they're comfortable. You air them up using a pump you, in the winter. You never, well, I never blow them up by lung anyways. But in the winter, you never want to do that because you'll fill your sleeping pad full of moisture. Oh, yeah. But you get them aired up. They're comfortable. They have an R value. And then you put, uh, we usually put down some kind of a layer and then put our electric throw on there if we have power available. And then throw our sleeping bag on it. And then I have a sleeping bag cover that I ordered. That's like half of the sleeping bag. It's just big that drapes over your sleeping bag and can attach to the top to give you an extra layer. Yeah. But I think a lot of it too is I think the question is, are you backpacking cold weather camping or are you overlanding, which overlanding affords you a lot more opportunity for some more creature comforts, right? I sleep in a rooftop tent with an air mattress, three sleeping bags, my feather pillow from home. I don't mess around with backpacking. No way. Do the rooftop tents get, get cold? Or, uh, you know, because I would think having all that cold air underneath the, the tent would be uh, w- would make it kind of cold. Not that bad. And you actually leave them unzipped. And you have the window cracked most of the time when you're in them anyways. Otherwise, you end up with a lot of condensation, even in yeah. cool weather. And to what Bob said, the key yeah. is the underlayment, that R value in your in your pad is going to make all the difference in the world. There's a lot of overlanders in our, our neck of the woods, and they all use those diesel, those little diesel portable heaters in their rooftop tent. <laughs> That's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. A-, a lot of guys use that. Yeah. Dustin from up in Canada here. I don't do any winter capping anymore. I grew up making like igloos and snow tents and stuff like this. But uh, like you're talking about with the pink styrofoam, if you get the foil covered styrofoam, or even if you get just a foil bubble wrap, it's amazing. You can literally lay on the ice um, and you'll feel like instantly lay on the foil and you feel the heat reflecting off your body. So if you're in the cold, if you can lay on foil of any kind, it's, it works really, really well. 
Yeah, we keep the emergency blankets around and we will have people that aren't quite as prepared actually uh, put them under their sleeping bag is one place to put it or uh, under them in their sleeping bag. But the problem there is they wrinkle it up and get it punched up. Well, but yeah, if you can put it even under their sleeping bag, it, gives, it helps a lot. Yeah, everybody thinks about putting on top, right? You layer on top, but nobody ever, you got to think about underneath as well. That's, that's one of the big things. Well, the ground will suck everything out of you. Yeah. The ground's cold. Suck everything. Yep. You got to think about the barrier. My, uh, my answer to uh, cold weather camping is how far is the, uh, is the hotel? That's like my wife there, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm, with you. I'm, I'm immune to any of those kind of things. Call me what you want, but you know, a nice warm bed, hot shower, but over there, <laughs> let's get some food. I'm, that's my style. Yeah, you know, if you can get a, a good we're night's sleep. Going up this, we're going up this next week, uh, Thursday. We're going up to the mountains out here actually to scope out a few new uh, campsites between eight and 10,000 feet to see what the accessibility is, if we can get in with the rigs or not, and what kind of camping setup we'd end up doing if we go up there. That sounds yeah. exciting. And I'm not opposed to camping. Uh, let me rephrase. Specifically, cold weather camping is what I don't like. I, I don't like cold periods, so cold weather camping is not, you know. And I mean, cool is fine. Cool weather is okay. I'm talking about, like, there's that white crap on the ground or ice in the trees or anything like that. I'm out. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. And anybody who's like, I don't want to do it, should never do it because they're not going to like it. But I will tell you that to be out there at night, the snow muffles the sound. And if you're far enough away from the city where light pollution isn't an issue, it's still very dark. The sky is beautiful. It is a quiet like you've never experienced. When it when that yes. snow's going, it's amazing. Yeah, I think it'd be real interesting to do. And I was just thinking that if you can get a good night's sleep in a environment that is, um, I, I would say that's even could, could be considered a hostile environment. Um, that's really saying something that you not necessarily, not necessarily that, you know, you can convince yourself to get a good night's sleep, but, but bring the right kind of stuff where you can get that sleep. I mean, it's a, a good survival thing because you make bad decisions if you're in a situation where you're not rested. So let me ask you this, uh, changing gears a bit here, and I wish Travis was with us because I think this is a good Travis question. Uh, does anyone have any specific charities they work with uh, that you'd like to give a shout out to on the show? I'll go first. Um, so in our area, one of the, back our company or whatever, we have these things called really volunteer groups. So I happen to be uh, one of our, our veterans group that we do. So um, affiliated with the with the company, so um, but we we do a lot of various, um, mainly focusing on kind of helping with homelessness and stuff like that. Uh, where we specifically help out is in the uh, the post homelessness stage. Uh, in other words, they'll go through a program like Green Doors or the VA or something like that, and they'll get a voucher for a, an apartment or something like there. But you know, being homeless, you don't have any furniture, so that's where we come in. We take furniture that's donated and take it and drop it off to whoever just got their apartment just got their house or whatever it is uh it's kind of like the, the big part that that we play in there so 
but we're not a charity in the sense that we really take dollars because we really we, we have funds in our account we don't even spend because just, that's not kind of what we do we we more uh the only thing we really spend um money on is uh scholarships so we'll go in uh for the rot folks that go through like a m or ut or something like that um we do go and present them with some scholarships and stuff to help repay some of their their college debt um but mostly we just we, we do the that volunteer work so um that's your jeep club that's doing that no it's my company's uh veterans program that we do okay cool um we've been trying been trying to get more involvement out of it and using jeeps is one of the ways i've been trying to do it that's actually um bill and i worked in the same city for a long time and that first time i met him was at the texas jeep event right and so uh, both of us in the same veterans group out there so uh, i've been trying to get more more folks involved and stuff like that and using jeep seems like a you know a great way like maybe doing a newbie run or, or you know kind of getting a bunch of uh, folks together that want to want to go out and camp i guess maybe in a couple months um but it's it's more or less using the jeep as, as a vehicle of sorts uh to kind of get more more involvement from the veteran community specifically because that's sure. you know, the well there's a lot of tie-in on veteran stuff our, our local jeep club does canine warrior which is like so they do a jeep show <laughs> in august and i think we had 140 jeeps i worked the registration table last year but we had about 100 or 140 jeeps um that showed up at the show paid their admittance but then there was all kinds of I don't know, food vendors and a live band and it was bring your own beer because we're on private property that owner didn't want to be liable. But, um, and they had a, they had a, uh, obstacle course laid out, um, where you, it was an easy obstacle course and a moderate, um, just some fun, just, you know, the, the, it was family friendly. They had some of the little kids Jeeps there running around too, bouncy house, all that stuff. But and we raised, uh, I think we raised about three thousand dollars this last year which went a long way towards getting a service dog uh, which is a neat thing i think it's this is the third year they've done it we're, we're going to do another one this august uh same same area club we went to the va and on on veterans day and drove around through the uh va association and, and through the memorial with you know flags on the jeeps and everything trying to be respectful but it's it's hard to, it seems like it's hard to get a lot of people involved. We, you know, usually end up on those kind of rides, maybe 20 Jeeps or so. It's not like a good turnout. Yeah, it's still a lot of people from our experience on, on trying to get a lot of those together. Um, it's, it's a lot of tough. I mean, people are busy. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stresses going on regardless, right? Everything from still dealing with pandemic hangover or people. Right. So, you know, you've got that, you've got inflation really putting a lot of, a lot of hurt on a lot yeah. of folks. So, and that's, yes, one of prices. Things, that's one of the reasons we shy away from, you know, trying to do fundraisers kind of things and really look at just, you know, just straight volunteer opportunities. Just you need us to show up and move some stuff for you or, or stuff like that. Um, that's, that's really what we, we try to do. So I'll say, you know, if you are in the, um, if you are, uh, and the company was, by the way, is AT&T. So we have big employee veteran group in all of our cities. So nationwide, um, every city has a chapter. And, you know, you can join up and each city has a, has a mission. 
the one I was just doing was for the Austin chapter, but just talking about, but they've got them all over the country. Well, one of the other things that another Jeep club I'm involved in, it's actually a four by four clubs. There's not strictly Jeeps. We've got some trucks in there too, but um, there's a, a children's home that's close to us. And before COVID, we went every year to the children's home and had a small Jeep four-wheel drive show, let the kids crawl around on the Jeeps. They honk the horns and, you know, flash the lights <laughs> and what have you. But uh, they really, you know, enjoyed that. And one of the members of the Jeep club or the, that club also owns a, uh, an ice cream store, a, a dairy barn. And so he brings his mobile dairy barns. So they got free ice cream cones. And one of the guys had some dogs. And anyway, it was just, it was a nice <laughs> event with the kids. So, we, you know, and then another event that that club does is we work the food cu local food cupboard. It's not donating food per se, but it's donating our time working the food cupboard, handing out food for, for, for the needy people. So trying to do small things, at least where we can be involved. And a lot of times it's something that would just take, you know, part of a day. So you're not over committing yourself. This is Isaac in Milwaukee. And we've partnered with the hunger task force of Southeastern Wisconsin. And on our last drive, we collected, it was about 300 non-perishable food items which was about the most that I could carry in my, my Jeep. So it turned out pretty good. Next year, we're actually doing the food drive a little differently so that we don't have to worry about overloading anybody's vehicles. We're going to have a, a spot where we meet up and it's a, it's a Jeep shop. So we're going to be able to do the food drive there and they'll store it all so we can get it delivered over. So this isn't uh, this isn't on the list. Uh, it, I mean, it, was there anybody else that wanted to jump in there with a charity? Mention a charity. I, I was going to change subjects if not. Well, the only other one I was going to point out was a possible uh, charity we could start in Arizona. Um, with this place <laughs> gladiators, gladiator <laughs> owners. I'm thinking maybe yeah. we can we can do an outreach there. We had uh, we had somebody uh, send us a voicemail saying they got bullied by Wranglers. Uh, Wrangler uh, people in uh, Arizona because they were out on the trail in the Gladiator. So we we keep make, coming back referencing the, that uh, that situation. Have never found any evidence of that. So it might have just been a uh, isolated incident or a uh, a call trying to get on the uh, on the show, which uh, which is fine with me. You guys want to lie to get something interesting on the show? I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, this is Tom from Arizona, and I've tried to do some research and check with a bunch of clubs and different people that I know throughout the state. And especially up around the Phoenix area, and I can't find anybody that's heard anything about it. I would, to us. I would hope that they, I would hope that they would be shocked that the, something like that would even happen. Tom, are you really For the most part, just trying to hide? This is Jim from Dallas. You're trying to hide that, Tom? It was you, wasn't it? We know it was you. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need to start the charity so we can have their feel, best, feel better. You know, Tom didn't join our Zoom room until that story came out. He may be here to. Uh, to point us away from the uh, the facts. Infiltration. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, uh, Chip mentioned uh, uh, Jeep Club or clubs a couple of times, and I have it in my head. I'm sure you guys remember that I am not uh, a club person. I do not like the idea of a Jeep Club or an off road uh, club because it seems like they always tear themselves apart. I mean, I know there's clubs that've been out there for a long time. But it, it always seems like there's hard feelings. People don't like the way something's run, and it just it, it, it a lot of drama that goes on there. 
Uh, and I'm just curious, uh, Chip and you others that are, have had anything to do with uh, a Jeep club or an off-road club, uh, is that a, a realistic thing that I'm that I, I guess that I'm fearful of? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, egos abound. You're talking about a bunch of A-type personalities that think their rigs are, you know, things should be done this way, and especially with the trail runs. I was part of a club for a while, and you know, just the whole there was a lot of private land, so there was a lot of egos there. People in the club who own the land thought they deserve special privileges, and it, it inevitably can get can get ugly. Right, certain clubs, right? So, well, absolutely. I think I think I, that's the, the the only my point on there is, and, I, and I'm sure, I definitely want to hear Chip, and I think Josh's club guy as well. Um, I I think my big thing was organized clubs, like they're really strictly organized and governed and everything else. Um, seem to be where the drama normally comes from <laughs> my experience, but you know, I would almost consider kind of when we all go out, you know, like the Texas event or whatever. I mean, it's kind of a small club here, right? I mean, we don't really have well, that's quickie with governance, I think. It's yeah, it's just it's kind of just Jeepers want to go out and Jeep, and if, if somebody wants to call it that, but I, I we don't run banners and you know have big meetups and organizations stuff like that, but um, you know, if it's if it's loosely organized and just a good place for, you know, mechanical knowledge, if you have a question or a group of people you can reliably get a hold of to take a trip wheeling or something, because it can be hard to find people to go wheeling with, right? That's that's a tough thing to find if you don't have a club or something like that. Um, so there's some huge benefits. I just would say it's not all clubs that are bad, but... So, so it sounds experience. like more more freedom is is what you're saying that if you have kind of the it's a, a loosely uh, controlled group or I'm sorry not controlled uh, group that it, it it's a, it's more pleasurable than getting into a situation where you have all these bylaws and a treasurer and uh, snooty yes. people looking down at you because your dues are past due. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Club clubs in my experience are much like a cult. <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't say that to be funny. It's just funny. No, really much like a cult. But to your point, Tony, it's just laid back. And you, if you don't show up, which always happens, you invite 12 guys and, and three Jeeps show up and you head out or whatever. Uh, but uh, with the club, it's like, hey, where were you, Tony? Where were you, Jim? And that's just there's pressure there and, and they're selling swag. I mean, I won't name the name of the club, but there's a pretty good size one in, in the Michigan and Great, Great Lakes area that they're just there's just weird. You have to you have to go to an official meeting and pay five dollars to get in the club to hang out with them. It's just all the secret handshake and Ooh. like, hey, we just want to we just want to say hey and that, have a good time and uh, can we can we roll with you? And uh, it's just weird. Well, if I was going to have a club, I, it would have to be a secret handshake. That that's just, that's just a given. My favorite. Okay, That's I got. I, I got. Do not know. Want to know what the secret close. handshake from Tony's going to be? It's going to be pull my finger. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be the least, the most appropriate possible outcome. <laughs> I can think of worse. If, See, if, I, if, I, if, you I, guys, I, you guys that have parks are easier to deal with. You, you guys get together, go out, and you got a park to go to. Out yes. here, we're open for the most part. Um, I I am in a club here in Service. I am the president of the club and have been for about the last 11 years. Uh, the club has been around since 74 and it's pretty laid back. We don't, I mean, we do have dues. Um, half of our dues goes to the state association and United four wheel drive to, to maintain the state lawyer for lobbying and keeping trails open for us and letting us know when there's a effort that comes up that we need to go work with. We're still open to anybody 
yeah, we have Facebook and everything else. And anytime we post a run up, anybody's welcome to come. You don't have to be in the club because clubs aren't for everybody. They may not like us after the first run, or they may love it, and they may, may want to join. We don't pressure you. So what's the name of the club? Range I, Rider Four-Wheelers. I hate gladiators. <laughs> Thanks, John. So we I, would, I would assume... Three, we actually have three in the club now. I would, I would assume you got three Johns? Somebody's got to change the name. Uh, so what is the Facebook group called? Same thing? Yeah, actually, there's, there's. Let me get you the, the right one, because we have an open one and a closed one. Yeah, we members they have a closed. Jeep Talk Show has group. the same thing, and it's they're both called the Jeep Talk Show, just to to make it easier to know which one you're on. <laughs> we got a page and a group. So I, I admin for a local club. It's really a club in name only. We don't collect dues. It's basically a Facebook group, that a local Facebook group. Right. And we probably have a core membership of a few dozen people that actually post on the, on the Facebook group, even though the membership numbers for the Facebook group are over 700. Uh, and then the actual, there's a smaller core of people that actually meet up on a regular basis. And it's really a drinking club with Jeeps for some, <laughs> for some people. Yeah. They, of some of these folks will get together for a wrenching party or something like that. And they party like, like they're in high school. I can't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a, we don't have club dues. We don't have any rules really other than just the basic Facebook group rules that every Facebook group has. Um, but we still have had some minor, some minor drama. Uh, I don't, I pretty much just admin the freaking Facebook page and uh, answer technical questions and stuff that comes up because a lot of the group is uh, newer Jeep owners, people that have never owned Jeeps, people that aren't very mechanically inclined. Um, so it's really other than getting together and people going and wheeling at OHV parks and whatnot, it's answering a lot of technical questions about, you know, I got my Jeep and it has death wobble. What do I do? Uh, Got in my Jeep this morning and all the lights are flashing and nothing's working, which is usually the auxiliary battery for the new Jeep guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's not uh, now, uh, North Texas does have the North Texas Jeep Club. That is a very big one. The guy that runs it, that is like, that's how he makes a living. And they've been involved in a few controversies here over the past few years. One of them involving a church and showing up where they weren't supposed to be and just trying to get political when it's a Jeep club and you probably shouldn't do that. That's interesting. Yeah. I'd like to be, just be able to make a, a living off a podcast, but much less a a, a, <laughs> a, a club. That's got to be really something. That's a lot of work, I would imagine. So the club, the club aspect to me is probably almost why I'm, even on the Zoom meeting, I, you know, eight years ago, I bought I bought my first Jeep, and I had a couple friends who had Jeeps, but I, they weren't going out wheeling, but I had an interest in wheeling, and so to get in to get into it, I started looking on Facebook clubs, and some of them, most of them were not dues paying. You just joined the Facebook club, and then they announced they were going wheeling. So, am I a member of a club if I'm a Facebook member and go to an event that this club on Facebook? Posted, and then I find a couple other clubs that 
might charge dues. They're a little bit more structured. And the ones that are charging dues are usually the ones that are doing the fundraisers or doing more events locally like that as, as a club might. Now, is there going to be politics? Are there going to be drama? I think with anything uh, over time, you're going to run into some of that. But to me, this my whole network of jeeping people have come from somewhat of an involvement of clubs more than it's been just somebody that I knew that had a Jeep. Um, it's the way I've met all these Jeepers and, and, and then get involved with the Jamboree and, and, and other groups that I'm just out searching for guys that like Jeeps. I mean, it's like the Jeep talk show, you know, the, the zoom meetings that when I go to a club meeting, it's exactly like the zoom meetings nearly we're bannering back and forth and, and we've become friends, but the friendships developed because of our common appreciation for Jeeps and love of Jeeps and going Jeeping and off-roading and all those things, but it wouldn't have happened had there not been a club. Right. So, yeah. do you, so Chip, do you think that uh, you, you prefer a structured club, uh, a more formal club, or just a, a loose gathering of like-minded people? Hmm. Great question. Well, I think it, a lot of it depends where you're at, right? Because Illinois, Chip can attest to this, we got nowhere to go, right? Well, and those clubs I'm, that have the private land offer something that we can't get around here. Well, that, so, so if you talk about like the Two Rivers Jeep Club, over yeah. in, 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 in Pitts, that, that's a great organization. I unfortunately haven't been able to go over to their events, but I've joined their club and it's $60 a year to be a member. Yep. If that gives you access to private land and, and gives you first chance at registration on events, they open it up to the public eventually. But to make sure you get in, it's worth being a member. That is getting you on private lands. Now, Steve, the other benefit I've got is I'm about 40 miles from the Badlands down in Indiana. So I can run over there and so I think the organ a dues paying club, it seems like those members are more committed to the club than just one that's loosely run on Facebook. Is one better than the other? I, I don't know. You, a lot of times it ends up being the same people that are going off-roading together, whether it's a paying club or a non-paying club. I'm not sure that there's a huge difference for that. I just think there's a little bit more commitment and and I think, you know, talking about a club that's got 700 members, but 24 active. Yeah. Well, if you, if you had, if you charge dues would those 24 pay the dues and the other, you know, 675, not. So then they're not a member of the club anymore. I don't know. How do you get new people then? So I don't, I don't know that there's a huge difference there. I, I think it depends on the, on those organizations individually, not whether they have dues or not. You know, it's funny because whenever I was uh, putting together the uh, Jeep Talk Show Texas event, I was really, and I, I'm sure I expressed this on the show, I was really nervous about having, you know, maybe a Jeep besides mine show up. And somebody, one of you guys, I think it was, suggested that I I collect uh, a, like a, a fee or something to be part of the deal. And that if you, uh, uh, so that you were more likely to come. So it almost sounds like what you're talking about. If you pay dues in a Jeep club, you're more likely to be involved and it's just, it's it has more importance to it because you have uh skin in the game so to speak so Absolutely. obviously obviously i wasn't going to charge somebody for to come to the cheap talk show event but uh, the idea behind it was a sound one it's just like uh i've even uh i think that's isaac yeah, yeah. I've even uh, I've even considered. I've told Josh maybe we should have uh, the the we should charge for the show because if you put a value to it, 
then people go, oh, wow, you know, this, you got to pay for this show? You got to pay for a podcast? Well, I ain't doing that. Well, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> Obviously, we're not doing that. But when you put value on something, then people tend to value it, is the, is, I guess is what I'm saying. There's truth to that. Well, yeah, and, and one of, uh, I mean, you just interviewed him this week, Jeremy, with New Holland, Tony. I've been out with a couple times over the past couple of years, and he does guided trips and does an awesome job. And he started charging $5 to sign up for firewood. And he does that just to get people to remember it because everybody and their brother will sign up and he limits his trips to 10 vehicles. But if you put $5, it's just a psychological thing. I'm putting $5. I mean, we could all probably go without the $5 if we lost it on the street, but he, he does that just and it, he's, he said it gets people to pay more attention. It's like, Oh, I can't make it. I'm, I'm not going to sign up. I'm not going to spend the $5. And that's, that's nothing. I mean, and he, he provides free firewood. So that's, you, you get, you get your $5 worth. Sure. Sure. No, it, it's a good, it's a good idea and it's good sales, which I'm horrible at. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here in St. Louis, we've got a couple large uh, Jeep clubs that they do a lot of training, a lot of, a lot of the one-on-one classes, like, you know, Midwest Jeep thing and the uh, Franklin County Jeeps, they do a lot of, a lot of work with the, especially new Jeepers out in the couple of the parks we have here and give them a lot of opportunity to get their rigs out for the first time and teach them the things they need to know. Then there's a lot of meetups and everything, you know, through the year that they really do a fantastic job with. Yeah, well, I mean, I have no personal experience with clubs. I just don't like the idea of being part of one. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know where I got that from, to be honest with you. I guess it's just an outsider looking in at uh, some of the things that happen in, in clubs. And it probably wasn't a Jeep club that I'm remembering. And frankly, I don't even remember what I'm remembering. I just, I just have this negative thing about it. And if anybody says, oh, yeah, you're, uh, you're in that uh, Jeep talk show club. And I go, nope. Not a club. It's a podcast. It is definitely not a club. <laughs> At this point, it kind of is, though. It is. Well, it's, it's, I like it. it's a Jeep it's Talk Show family. Word. Let's call it a Jeep Talk Show family, not a club. <laughs> now we're down to somatics. Yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato, something like that I've heard before, well, right? I, I like I, the idea of it being just a, uh, a free flowing thing people like-minded uh, not not a club uh, the club has this, these negative connotations in my mind the like i said the the dues the uh the, the various officers in the club and a, a bunch of uh, back and forth uh kind of like when we were at the jeep talk show event in september uh john taking on the role of uh, of leader of the on the trail he just should have uh, said yeah sure and and just gone gone with that you know so <laughs> All right, so let me uh, let me jump over to this one. I think this one will be very very fun. Uh, and this is not my topic. This is uh, from John. Do you have oh <laughs> Do you have an unpopular Jeep opinion? And what is it? Unpopular. Unpopular. Yeah. You, shouldn't, is, uh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You you shouldn't name your Jeep. I get a lot. Of, I, no, I get a. I get a lot of for We we need to do a, lo- a lottery type thing to name Chris's Jeep and then send him a big duck with it as well. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's very dust. 
Then you, pixie, yeah, pixie dust. <laughs> pixie dust. Unicorn, unicorn piss. piss. Unicorn piss. Yeah, unicorn <laughs> piss. If you, if you are going to name it, you don't need help. And you don't need to solicit help on Facebook. Yes. You don't, you don't need to tell people that, that the, your, your first child was born on this day and your dog that died 10 years ago was this name. And you think you should, because it's got green on the outside, just stop. <laughs> stop. I mean, go. Go go to church or go seek mental health. That's my angry so, eyes are, so I, angry eyes on your Jeep match your angry eyes right now? No. <laughs> so I have a theory about why people post about uh, I need help naming my Jeep. Years ago when the CB craze really took off, people wanted to talk on the CB, but they didn't know what to do. So they would come on the, the channel, usually channel 19 because it was busy, and they would uh, break one nine for a radio check. And it was like you heard these radio checks all the time, and everybody that was uh, a seasoned sea beer would get pissed off about hearing these radio checks. It's working. Go away. I think this is what people are doing on Facebook. They don't know what to post. They want to post. They want to be part of this. So they want to know what they, what they should name their Jeep. This is my theory. That's a good that analogy. My theory. I thought the break one nine was when people were trying to pick up other people like, you know, in, in the truck stops or in the whatever, break one nine, and then it's like that you start a conversation. Now it's like Tinder. That's like, true. What was it called? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Jeff, you're on Tinder? I mean, I met your wife, but really? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh I thought he said, how, how, do you, how you bet your wife? I, I'm no. completely confused. <laughs> Hey, I don't think I don't think Tinder is that much worse than picking up uh, your life partner in a bar. Well, that took a hard left turn. <laughs> <laughs> we have Sorry. What Larry's going to say is this is a Jeep show. What? Let's what get back to Jeep. <laughs> yep, there's Larry now about Jeeps. <laughs> so, what was the topic? Well, yeah. So it, it was what, what is your unpopular Jeep opinion? Yeah, I've got one that's uh, that's that's probably going to be pretty unpopular at least with Tony. I don't like gladiators. Gladiator? I'm not a gladiator fan. I'm a I'm a truck is a truck, a jeep is a jeep kind of kind of guy. So I'm never I've never been. I mean, I I appreciate what that they're bringing more people into it, but sometimes you need you know the something to throw at least some bed space. Um, but I've never yeah. been uh, never been a big big fan of the I, like. I love the original gladiators. I love the Comanche even right. That was oh, Comanche is wonderful. But the newer the newer four door. Now I think I would be a lot more of a fan of it if i could get it in a single cab and yes. i realize that from a larger market point of view i'm probably in the minority there um if you look at the whole market but you know if it was a single cab i could see it but uh, to me it's 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 not enough of a truck and and then the the breakover and, and it's, and and it's too much of a jeep wow so you seeded this question just to tell tony what you really <laughs> thought of his jeep yeah <laughs> See, I, I actually think that the gladiator shouldn't be named the gladiator. It should be named the scrambler because yes. it is a scrambler. Yep. Yeah, I would. Yeah, especially when hey, John, you not only attack you Tony, the you also attack Chuck and his scrambler. <laughs> <laughs> but that one's got a metal dashboard, and according to him, that makes it the real Jeep, right? That was yes. His. Yes. That was his oh, I remember my dad talking have, well, about. I guess he can't even say it if it has a carburetor. It's a real Jeep anymore because he took out true. his carburetor. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he doesn't technically have. He doesn't technically have it doesn't working yet, right? <laughs> yeah, my my dad always said uh, way back when that uh, all that plastic on vehicles, this is not right. It, it's too much plastic. It does. It's not going to wear very well. 
And of course, things change. And there's so much plastic on stuff, we just take it for granted now. But uh, no, I have no problem with that. I mean, you can uh, not like the gladiator as long as you just don't try to get tell me I need to get off the trail when we're out at Hidden Falls. No, you know, but but call, calling the gladiator a scrambler is kind of like calling the Fiat Renegade a renegade, or calling a Cherokee that's a SUV not a real Cherokee. Like, I mean, so you yeah, can't use the you can't you can't use the the, the scrambler name on a gladiator. No, look how they look what they did to the renegade name. All right. That's the least of the problem. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 How about I the Cherokee I, name? Okay, let's start with the Cherokee, and we'll work, work forward from there. Yeah, it's not something they haven't done repeatedly throughout the years. I, I agree with Chip on the Gladiator name, though. I mean, I, the Scrambler, I recall the Scrambler was just a CJ7 with a, uh, an extended top and without a rear seat. The Gladiator it was a pickup, and the Gladiator current gladiator is a pickup and what's your yes. towing capacity tony seven thousand plus pounds yeah that's respectable towing capacity that's a pickup i guarantee mt a scrambler wasn't towing six thousand pounds back in the day and to john's comment to john's comment about the bed size it's it's the same bed size as a silverado a four-door silverado really so, but here's 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 my yeah the reason why i say that is because of the price point i mean yeah. it, when you're when you're comparing it to it's the same price point as like a modern 2500 diesel four-wheel drive right i mean it's it's insane how much these things are going for now uh, and that was even before the market blow up right that was like when they first came out mm -hmm. in 2020 and all of that before the crazy market went up the, the, the price point is so hot right i mean if it was yeah, I don't, but i don't know if you can use a price point though because if you look at it all tuned up you know wrangler rubicon you're deep into the 60s oh no i'm not I'm talking did, about you have a uh, a 392 I'm talking about comparing it to like a truck, right? My point was simply that, you know, if you're going to buy it for truck uses at that price point, you're getting a lot more truck elsewhere, right? And, you know, it's, but uh, that, again, unpopular opinion, right? Well, <laughs> I will say this, I will say this, that, and this is not, is not a retaliation, John. I, I think that a <laughs> four-door Wrangler is an abomination because you need a wrangler is a two-door it's nimble it's short you can get up and round things a four-door that's just a jeep minivan fair enough i wanted a two-door when i was originally looking at them but i the same with there's a lot of people that probably bought the four-door when it kind of saved wrangler right when it first came out with the four doors that's when they sold more of them than who knows i mean it was a huge boom because i got kids i got you know too much stuff for a two-door and if I wanted to have it as a daily driver and use it for everything, I had to go with the Ford. But I, I agree with you. I would much rather, to me, the perfect Jeep is what is sitting right behind Andrew right now. I would love to build an LJ. Yeah. I've always thought yeah. that was one LJs of the best, looking, nice. best proportion wheelbase sizes and everything. I mean, to me, that's my favorite is the LJ. You're just trying to get his power tank kit. <laughs> I, I already have one coming but i had to pay for it right that was a <laughs> well somebody's got to you can't you can't get everything free oh andrew i think andrew was in here i don't know if he's i hadn't heard him i don't know if he left but uh and, here. andrew i sent your your name in over to uh, steve at power tank so uh hopefully you'll be seeing uh your uh, your goodies here in the next couple of days or week all right awesome thank you you know, I'm for, I'm forgetting this now, and I'm I'm trying to remember. Uh, did you know that the LJ is not? Is this right? LJ, yeah, 
Uh, the LJ is not what they call the LJ inside of Jeep, the engineers and stuff. They actually have another two-letter designator. Really? What is it? I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I think it oh, is I a... I thought it was a, a TJU. Yeah, TJ Unlimited. It's a TJ yeah. Unlimited. It was the extended wheelbase. No, it's a, it's a two-letter designator, and I think it's TD is how the engineers referred to it. And I can't believe I forgot about this. I've been waiting to launch this thing. Uh, Greg Henderson told me about it. And he said that the engineers hate, Jeep and engineers hate hearing LJ because it's not an LJ. It's like a, a TD or something along those lines. I'm going to maybe I have to call him up and find out now. I was hoping I'd remember whenever I brought it up. But uh, yeah. Well, it, I'll, I'll, I'll blow everybody's mind along that same point, Tony. And, and what the other thing that's un, an unpopular opinion besides Jeep names. Don't take this the wrong way, guys. I like all of you. We've, we've hung out. We've there hung we out go. Of, we've hung out. This is, of us. this is the all due with all due respect. I'm going to disrespect exactly. you. <laughs> the, uh, saying saying JKU or JLU. And some people say JLUR or JKUR. So I and I, I'll send it to you, Tony. I'll send it to the in the Discord. I'll put it on Discord chat. But the the code names for the JK and the JL. There's actually. It's like JK52 is a two-door, or no, JK42 is a two-door, JK52 is a four-door. There's specific designations for the two and four-doors, and there's specific designations for the Rubicons. It's yeah. not JLUR, it's not JKUR. I, I, that's another thing that just, that I drive a JKU. I say, and, and people look at me funny, I drive a JK, that's a four-door, and I pause, and I just... Again, I know I'm I'm not, but it just bugs me when I hear that JKU and J, JLU. It just bugs no, me. But, but, but I don't agree with that because that's like saying if somebody had a Trans Am, it had to be a WS model. Well, not everybody knows what a WS is. I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna say they had a Pontiac Trans Am. But WS, was, WS, though, Chip, was a designation. It was, but that was the the way the dealer ordered it. That was part of the order number. Right, sequence. but to, to Tony's point, that the LJ, the engineers never recognized the what we call an LJ. An LJ was by a different name. It was by a different was, designation. Was the Pontiac GTO a goat? Was there actually a? Was the engineer recognized as <laughs> goat? I mean, no, that that was that was just uh, that was uh, just uh, urban urban legend. I mean, the, the goat was just came up and gto is gto that's like calling the you know the you know, the forge the chevy you know we call it obs nbs old body style new body style. it's just a shorthand for for what it is i mean because uh, yeah. not counting the designator right like the jk52 it's still a jk unlimited so if you say jku you're just abbreviating that right so, I, know, I know i'm john i'm not saying i'm not insane i'm just saying the bugs me well you went you went camping in 10 degree weather, so I already know you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> it goes without saying. Absolutely. So, um, so let me ask, let, let me, let me seed the clouds here. What was the last year or, or the last model real Jeep? YJ. Canadian. I wish Chuck was here. A, night, a 1986 CJ7. And why is that? Because that's the popular answer. I love it. I love the vehicle. I love old CJs. I love I love my old CJs. But I am enthralled. I mean, every Jeep does something different. Just you know, I was listening, so I've missed a few episodes, and I've 
I was listening to the back what? episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. There was a lot of shit going on in my life, but COVID, COVID. Is this to do did you swipe the, did you wipe the wrong way Chip? <laughs> i'm sorry swipe not wipe <laughs> hey, if you won't wipe the wrong way that'd be a bigger issue front, front, front to back front i don't to back. even know where this is going now <laughs> what was the question um so but but listening to the conversations about the width of the jl is more like the 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 what why the uh now you got me way off track get them all plus uh, for now the yj the He's YJ wiggling in the chair more similar in size the the jk is more of a luxury listening to all those conversations oh, yeah. over the last few episodes i mean there's there's different creature comforts and there's different benefits i mean why do i own a, a jk is because i want to drive it all the way out to the utah and i wasn't going to do that in a tj or a cj could have but at my age it's not very comfortable every jeep model has its own benefit i i like two doors over four doors to wheel in but my wife's got a four door and, and sad i mean she bought it she traded in her chrysler minivan on a four-door jeep if that but she's also taken it off road and is very capable and i've seen a lot of four doors do some phenomenal things because of the wheelbase so every model of jeep we want to call them wranglers are are capable it's just a personal preference at that point. You might have somebody say that they didn't quit making a good Jeep when Willie's got rid of it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, the original, I mean, uh, it although it has uh, it has a lot of uh, limitations. The 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 original certainly did perform where where it needed to, which was in the uh, the, uh, the yeah in the theater of uh, war. So, uh, you want to go to Pennsylvania and go to the Bantam Festival? They might even argue with you that Willie's wasn't the original. Oh, yeah, well, true. Not. They may say it's all that support. Right. <laughs> Even the ones, most of them in the in Europe were almost all GPWs, right? I, mean, most of that right. I don't know. I've driven TJs, YJs. I love my jail. I I like to yeah. joke about my YJ because it's like, like the last of the original Leaf Spring basic waterproof Jeeps mm-hmm. with the fuel, <laughs> a fuel-injected engine. But you're right. I mean, a brand new JL, JK, they're not even the same league. Those things are heads and shoulders above mine. But like you said, an old YJ versus a new JK or JL, if you leave the roof off in a monsoon, one of them is going to get shorted out, and it's not going to be the YJ, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. When you watch the the newer ones, especially the JL, they go through factory, just the capabilities are unbelievable. I mean, each, yeah. each year when they go up, I mean, it's the JL is even much more capable than the JK, right? Just from factory trim. I mean, the, the axles are bigger. I mean, just everything. It's 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 amazing what technology keeps going up. So, last great one is whichever one's out right now. <laughs> Generally, yeah, I think no that- one ever com- no one ever complains about their their choke not working right on their carburetor <laughs> when you can't start in the morning or. You know, yeah, in, yeah. any of any of those issues, your points aren't working right. So, so when the when the electromagnetic pulse hits, the YJ is not going to run either, right? I mean, our, and, and chips uh, CJ is not going to run either, right? I mean, it's going to it's going to require something to be changed out, the coil or something. No, Nikki G sent me a lot of aluminum foil. I've got my <laughs> CJ covered in bar. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I wish we were all kind of close to Nikki G, or maybe do a big road trip with you know six hundred pounds of aluminum foil. Find his place and just wrap his Jeep in aluminum foil. 
You'd have to remember it's the red one, not the black one, because the black one is Wendy's. Let's get both not, of them. Not the not the talk show, not Jeep talk show Wendy, but his wife Wendy, who could be the Jeep talk show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other lovely Wendy. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't hear anybody talk about how they loved Angry Eyes or the Crumper Grill or. Oh, well, I don't think that's unpopular. Not an unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's not an unpopular <laughs> opinion. That's what everybody, pretty much everybody, goes for. Yeah. So, no, wait, no, wait. Are we gonna? So, are we gonna get into the same discussion when? So, listening to the episode I was today, as I'm road tripping across Indiana and Ohio, getting ready to drive home in a blizzard tomorrow. But the square headlights coming back. I mean, there are some people that hate square headlights, and now if 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 Quadratech brings back a grill and sells it as for a headlight as a for a JL, is that going to get hate? I think I as long think as it so. has the seven slots on the front, I mean it's it's really just a, a hearkening back to the YJ, uh, which I don't consider the YJ as a as a non Jeep non Wrangler. Yeah. Uh, it, it it has its it has its limitations because it's uh, leaf springs on the front, but it's still a, a good Jeep, a good off roader. I have people that say that if it's square headlights, it's not a real Jeep. It's got to have the CJ headlights or, or a TJ or JK or JL headlight. The square ones were, were the black sheep of the Jeeps. I don't agree with that, but that's I have friends that right. say that. Well, I don't. I don't. Well, good thing people don't modify Jeeps. So. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, 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 right. And I don't really get that, but I mean, I do have an XJ, so I've got square headlights. I got a Jeep with round ones. I got a Jeep with uh, square ones. I couldn't see. Me wanting to put uh, certainly not put round headlights on a Cherokee, and, and well, I don't think we can go all the way back to the seventies with the square headlights. Well, I mean, yeah. why don't That's why don't we take watch. a look at at the FSJs from from way back when? I personally, you know? I don't think that the square headlights uh, project the light as well as the round ones do. Just the reflectivity and so on and so forth. I think that you you get better light from a round headlight, but. You know, it's not the styling. So, I mean, I, I hope the, the, the YJ, um, uh, modern-day YJ uh, grill works out uh, for the manufacturers. Uh, and But I'm, I, I don't see me putting a – I would be more likely to put a, a Gladiator from the, the original Gladiator truck, a Gladiator grill on my Gladiator because, like I've said before – I think that uh, the, the Jeep did a disservice to the Gladiator by having it look like a Wrangler. <laughs> you know, you're coming down the road, and you have one of them newfangled Gladiators. It just looks like a Wrangler until you pass by. I mean, there's probably a bunch of waves that get uh, sent out that would like to be recalled. But I would, what I would, what the grill I think would be cool is a 1961 Jeep truck grill on the front end of a Gladiator with that kind of pointed front end. That would look cool as shit. Kind of has a shield look to it. Yeah. Like the M715, I think it was, whatever the Kaiser. Yeah, I like those pointing front ends. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm not partial anything that was from before I was born. <laughs> yeah. I think Wallachek could do something like that on one of the buyers they're working on. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, there was, that there was a female one. I ne never was a fan of trying to make the new ones look. Like the old one, I think that if you'd have gone like the Challenger or something else where you kind of put the modern styling with the old one as like the source material, but just trying to take the old one and graft it on, which I have seen that on a few of them, I don't think it actually looks like it. Well, it depends on, well, on how it's done because Greg Henderson over at Unofficial Use Only has done a lot of that. 
and it, right. and he he does it in such a way so well thought out and planned and and executed it is just gorgeous i mean that uh, path killer just I, it was done so good i couldn't figure out why that looked familiar but it was a, a jku and then it took me a while and to realize that it was an xj front end on it i mean it was beautifully done and uh, that's not initially an older i mean it was older but not you know like 25 years or so older but still just this mixing that thing up and coming up with a uh, what do what do the kids call that a, a, a mix a mash whether they do with the, the songs and stuff it's but you've got to do it i think the problem is, is when you do it just the grill you're doing it wrong. I think the difference is, is he, he kind of looked at the body lines as it goes all the way through. Exactly. If you've got the body lines of the brand new one, as it's coming up all of a sudden, you know, big axe chop, and then here's the different grill from the old one. That's, I think that's what drives, that's what I don't like. But if you do it right. It makes you double take where you have to try to figure out what's different here. Yes. Yes. Larry, when we were at the Toledo Jeep Fest and they had that Jeepster, was that on a JK or JL? body that was a jl yeah they took a they took a stock jl and that, that jeep drew when you first cool. look you first looked at it, it like that's a pretty cool interior and, you, and and as you start looking at it more it's like oh that's a jl it was a jl with the jeepster body yeah but right. it, had, uh, it had i think it had a low back seats didn't it i had some custom stitching but you're right larry it was a jl interior yeah yeah, and then it's like when they did the uh, the the same same guy did the uh, the YJL. If you're not really paying attention when it goes past, you're like, oh, another JL. If you really start looking at it, then you start picking up on all the square headlights and a few other right. little things. And it, it's I was, I was just impressed how he cut the tailgate. He, he modified the tailgate so he could move the gas can behind the license plate. Did you see how he did that? Mm-mm. He actually the the the, um, the tailgate actually has a has a cutout in it. He reformed it because he moved the gas can, the gas um, inlet behind the license plate. Okay. No matter the YJL or the Jeepster. The YJL. Oh, okay. But you're talking about the Jeepster. yeah. That was I mean it was pretty. The lengths he went to. He's an artist as far as I'm concerned with what he did with that Jeep, right? That YJL and then the Pathfinder to what Tony's talking about. It's it's like someone said, it depends your skill level, right? You can chop up anything and throw it on there and then it looks bad. But if you have the, if you have the expertise, I couldn't do it. No way. The one that Tony just posted on Discord, the second one, yep. not the red one, but the other one, that is what I would love to have seen with the Gladiator. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like my that, point. That would have been that would have changed my mind completely on that it, it is it is significantly different but it still is you know uh, reminiscent of the, the jeep past kind of like the seven slot grill which this one doesn't have but uh and then the cool thing i'll just mention bob uh two cheap jeep guys was you know actually uh met uh, greg henderson of course i think he knew greg ahead of time and uh was was interviewing him uh, about the uh the, the yjl uh, and I think actually got the uh, got the interview uh, with uh, with Greg Forrest, him and Chris. So uh, that that would have been really cool. Just just uh, I, w- I would have liked to have gone to SEMA for no other reason, just to see that uh, YJL Jeep and uh, to meet Greg Henderson in person. I talked to him years ago, trying to get him on the show, but uh, I don't know. Somebody warned him about me, and we didn't we didn't do the interview. Well, the, the YJL. The other thing that was incredible about that one was 
it wasn't just a body kit, right? Like, didn't he even put a 4.0 in it? Like, it doesn't have a 3.6. Oh, that's right. No, it has a 4.0. Absolutely. Oh, did he really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, It's a a stroker version of it, too. So it's not even a regular 4.0. Yeah. When you you look at it, if anybody wants to see the interview, go on to TikTok and look up two cheap, cheap guys. It's a four part interview. He talks about what he did with the dash, the moving of the fuel filler, the engine, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and uh, it, you need to go because uh, it's hard to get Greg to talk. And uh, if you can get him talking, it's uh, it's worth sitting there and uh, listening. He was on Discord too, right? I think I saw him chime in and then he just disappeared. Yeah, well, he's not. Yeah, he was on there for a little bit. He's like Chuck. He's not a big social uh, butterfly. Uh, I don't know. Chuck seems to be pretty. Uh, <laughs> he's warmed. He's warmed up to it for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, oh no, we're Chuck's talking about the uh, kind of custom back, and now he's an Overlander too. We just saw his trailer. Oh, that's right. He's full of it. So I know that uh, if you're a, a new listener or even an old listener, if you're not part of the Discord uh, and uh, maybe you haven't, you're not up to date on all the uh, all the shows. Yeah, we are talking about stuff that you're not going to have any knowledge of. And I try to go back and mention things, but frankly, damn it, you just need to listen to the shows and keep up, and then you'll get these inside jokes <laughs> that we're saying. <laughs> That's an unpopular uh, opinion. Join the club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all exactly. Talking about kind of the custom vehicles or whatever like this. A buddy of mine from up here, uh, they took just a JK and they put, I believe it was like a Lincoln hood, the hood center on, kind of a raised square center, and basically just kind of a straight bars, almost like a cattle guard off a train, an old steam train, on the front of this JK, and it really looks like an old Willie's wagon. I just posted a picture on the Discord, but they call it the Jillies, like Willie's with a J with Jillies Jeep. And that's what I like. I like it's that. Simple. And like people look at it, you're like, wow, that's such a cool Jeep. And you're like, it's just a new Jeep. And he's had that thing from literally Southern California to Alaska kind of thing. He's had that thing everywhere. It's awesome. But well, one of my favorite recent ones was uh you see that Ian Johnson build, the battle wagon? I think so. He took the Willie's wagon or whatever and mixed it with TJ and uh kind of Blended it all together. It's even got like metal cloak fenders. It's got a lot of modern stuff on it. But the, the battle wagon is it's called. And that is a slick looking mashup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ian does uh, some really nice work. I haven't seen anything of Ian's uh, since uh, what was the I can't remember the show the the Dream power block the yeah stream four before. I used to watch that all the Big time. Garage. Yeah. Well, so. Does all. Just mention real quick the uh, the episode that we had uh, Greg Henderson on from unofficial use only was episode five forty eight. Will the straight six engine return? So go back and listen, uh, or if you if you did listen, go back and listen to it for the first time, or listen to it again. John is such a big show supporter; he'll listen to the show on YouTube and then go back and listen to some of it on uh, regular way, just so we'll get the download count. I do. That's uh no I'm I'm not I'm not joking uh and I believe you I, I believe you do that and I appreciate that that's uh, that's dedication. <laughs> so so I caught up on all those episodes and I've really been impressed with the content we've had since the first of the year. Unfortunately, the one I listened to around the holidays, literally last week, I woke up one morning with Christmas is my favorite time of year <laughs> playing in my head. 
literally i was gonna call in and just bitch it out and i was like i didn't call the call in and leave you a voicemail but how could you wake up with that song in your head i don't know christmas is my favorite time of year <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. You guys better be quiet. This is my favorite time. <laughs> I was waiting for the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's a good a good place for us to, to wrap up the show. So the Zoom people go on mute and uh, <laughs> I finish up. So if you guys uh, are listening to the Jeep Talk Show for the first time, uh, I'll, I'll just apologize now. Uh, no, it's a great conversation. Uh, I was a, a little concerned that we would get enough people here uh, week after week on the roundtable, and it's just so much fun. You guys really, really should think about joining us. It's really simple. It's free. All you have to do is have a, a, a smartphone or a computer, a laptop, a tablet. Uh, all those devices will support Zoom, and uh, you can join the Zoom meeting. So just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and uh, scroll on down there and you will see where you can sign up uh, for uh, sign up for the newsletter and then uh, get notification each week with the link and the special password that password is cheap so <laughs> i know it's a it's a super secret password so we'd love to have you join us in the uh, in the zoom room we had uh see i think we got 15 i think we had a few people uh that have already uh uh, anticipated the uh, the parking lot cl- clutter and have already started leaving, but we've got 15 in there now. I think we had 19 uh, people in the Zoom room earlier. So uh, just because you join the Zoom room doesn't mean you have to, to speak, but we sure do like it when you join in on the conversation. Uh, anyway, and the 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 uh, we record the roundtable every Tuesday, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. So and that'll be in the in the newsletter. So we'd love to have you join us. Uh, think about it, and uh, if you uh, if you like the show, uh, and we've done a little something for you, whether we've uh, entertained you or told you about something you didn't know, even if it was something you didn't want to know, which is often the case, uh, think about uh, sharing the show, uh, paying it forward a little bit uh, to us by g- telling people about the show. Uh, we have a uh, a horrific a horrific time getting the word out about the show. Uh, many people like the show, and many people have uh, told their friends, but. The more we can get the uh, out on the show, the more we can do, and the more uh, giveaways we can have, and the more guests we can have. It's just more and more and more. Uh, you know how it is. So uh, anyway, uh, until next week, uh, this is Tony, Jeep Talk Show. Have a great Jeep week, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next Tuesday when we record for this Wednesday episode. Podcasting since 2010. I feel horrible, absolutely horrible. I did not play this last week when we had uh, when we had Daniel on talking about the Jeep EVs. I, <laughs> man, I had it on the board ready to go and did not use it. Sucks getting old. <laughs>